Welcome to the premiere edition of the Phoenix Fanatics Podcast, the top-rated podcast devoted to your UWGB Fighting Phoenix men's basketball team, the only sports team in Green Bay that matters. So you may be asking yourselves, why a podcast devoted to UWGB men's basketball? Why not a podcast devoted to GB men's exactly. basketball? Exactly. We felt it was time... The city of Green Bay wants this. UWGB students, alumni, they want this. They need this. And we're here to be your voice for Phoenix basketball. So just to give a little overview of what the podcast is about, each episode we're going to do previews of upcoming games, recaps of games that have been played. Given that this is the premier episode for the 2015-16 season, we are going to start off with a quick recap of last season. Phoenix last year went 24-9, and coming off back-to-back 20-win seasons. And also back-to-back disappointing seasons in how they ended. Uh, the Phoenix were heavily favored to win the Horizon League, both in 2014 and 2013, but fell short in the conference tournament and did not receive an NCAA tournament bid, as many had expected. And... No longer with the Phoenix, all-time Phoenix legend Kiefer Sykes, now playing in the D-League for the San Antonio Spurs. I expect his number to be retired any day now. Up in the rafters next to number 25, Tony Bennett, the all-time Phoenix legend. We love you, Tony. Also gone, Coach Brian Wardle. Brian Wardle. High expectations for him when he came in. And I say good riddance to Brian Wardle. He, you know, it props to him. He he took a job at the esteemed college basketball program Bradley, perennial tournament entry, perennial final. Hey, oh wait, hey, wait, oh, Bradley. Luck. Good luck at Bradley. Anyway. Yeah, good luck. When was the last time Bradley made the tournament? I, I honestly didn't know they still had a Division One basketball team. Good luck, Brian. You won't be missed. And with Brian Wardle out, the Phoenix welcome in a new head coach, and they turn to Link Darner, formerly of Florida Southern College, where in 2015 they led his team to the Division II National Championship. They had a 36-1 record last year. Brings a very impressive resume over. Can I say something about Link Darner? Uh, you, you certainly may. The first thing he should have done, and yes, he has a great resume. He, he's a proven winner. I believe he played at Purdue with Glenn Big Dog Robinson. Possibly. That hasn't been confirmed, but we'll look into it. If I'm Link Darner, the first thing I do when I step foot in Green Bay is I drive to the rest center. I look up the rafters at all those NIT first-round banners. <laughs> C... I-B, C-B-I, whatever, C-I-T, whatever those other tournaments are that they have hanging in the rafters first round. Well, I don't think they ever actually won a game in any of those tournaments. But you have to tear those banners down. 
That's that's not the type of program I want to be. Right. You can't celebrate success by putting up that you made the CBI first round tournament. You went to the NIT, you lost in the first round. The only banners I want to see up in the rest center are NCAA tournament banners. Starting in 2016? I, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. I mean, you cannot... You bring a recruit in and look at all, look at all, look at all of our success. That's a fair point. You show them the facilities, you bring them into the court, here's where the magic happens, and he... It's not magic if you make the CBI. That's, that's not magic. Well, let's put this in perspective here. So, you've got 68 teams that make the NCAA tournament every year. Yep. You've got another 32 that make the NIT. Yep. Then you've got a couple of other tournaments that people are scrambling to make. Another 32 here, another 16 there. You're not even in the top 100 if you're every, making some of these Every tournaments. team makes a tournament. And not only that, these banners don't celebrate tournament wins. It says first round. You know what that means? They lost. <laughs> they lost to Northern Kentucky, who we'll get to later. You just can't have those banners up there. And you got if you want to be if you want to build a winner, you can't advertise mediocrity. I I I know there's some advantages to to getting some experience in tournament play. I you you expose players to to that atmosphere of basketball, but nobody it, attends those games. They I don't mean, mean, the CBI. Do I don't even think it's televised, so I don't know what atmosphere you're exposing them to. I I think it's streamed live on the internet to. To be fair. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Alright, so getting back to Coach Darner. He's coming off eight seasons as the head coach at Florida Southern College. Six times he was the conference coach of the year. The moccasins. The moccasins. The fighting moccasins, I've heard. He compiled an overall record of 218-72. and 72. He's a winner. No doubt about it. The Phoenix needs winners. We want winners. <laughs> Uh, most notably, though, I think what Coach Darner is known for is his up-tempo style of play. And he's, that's something he's trying to bring to the Horizon League and to Green Bay. Which I am actually looking forward to. I honestly think that uh, as an avid watcher of Horizon League basketball, I think these other teams, they're, they're not going to know what hit them. I, I think they are going to be caught off guard. I, you see the Horizon League play as a whole. There, there's, there's no team that has that pace. It's, it's going to be something that other teams are forced to adjust to. Right. So I was checking out Media Day, and one of the themes that the Phoenix are bringing is, they, they've even got a slogan. They've got these t-shirts that say RP40. And what that stands for is relentless pressure for 40 minutes. So it's really something that the coach is trying to, to drill into their heads here as they lead up to the season opener. So it looks like we're going to probably have a high-octane offense. I'm hoping, maybe hearkening back to the days of Loyola Marymount, circa early 90s, led by Hank Gathers, RIP, and Bo Kimball. Well, I mean, it, there, there's been a big emphasis on the up-tempo offense, but the, the coach is very quick to point out that this doesn't mean that the team ignores defense or, or doesn't place an emphasis on you know, being very aggressive on the defensive side of the ball. Well, that's good because a lot of these up-tempo offensive teams do ignore defense. So if that's truly what he's going for, it's going to be pressure on both sides, high-octane offense, constant pressure on defense. I mean, that's a brand of ball I'd like to see. 
And he's, he's quick to point out that we're looking to get the quick shot, but we're only going to take the good shot. So it's it's not just a, it, it's not a gimmicky style of play or see if we can lose a game 150 to 145. I, obviously, they're out to win every game. They probably will win every game, but even if they don't, they're going to be fun to watch. Well, no doubt they'll win every game. I mean, we, we will win every game. I mean, that's the mindset we have as Phoenix Fanatics. That's the mindset... All of you listening right now have. We want the Phoenix to win every game. At the very least, they're going to be a very entertaining team to watch. I mean, I think there's been a lot of excitement and a lot of interest in the team over the last couple of years. Also this year, but I would say for very different reasons. Right. It's an unknown factor, which kind of has me excited. I want to see how this new style plays out. Um, Obviously, the past couple of years... The Phoenix were loaded with talent. You had Alec Brown, Kiefer Sykes, NBA caliber players. So you kind of knew what you had. I, not that they're not loaded with talent this year. Right. They, they got some stars. Well, starters. we knew what you had this year with a new style. You you don't know exactly what they have, and that's why I'm kind of interested to go to that first game, October 31st, against uh, the vaunted UW Stout, <laughs> whatever they're called. <laughs> seems, seems like an odd season opener. but uh, Well, it's an exhibition game. When in doubt, go to Stout. I've heard that before. They're not even a top team in the WIAC conference. That's, the, that's my alma mater, the EWSP Pointers. Hmm. Oh. National, I... national champs, D3. But I digress. <laughs> now, I, I, I don't think, you, you'd never hear a, play, a player say this, but there was a lot of pressure in the last couple of seasons with that comes with those types of expectations. They probably played almost every game. I'm not going to say with a fear of losing, but they were expected to win so many games that it came up as such a big disappointment when they didn't close. I, I think that's going to lead to the team playing a lot looser this year and the style of play, that up-tempo feel, I, I think is going to feed right into that. Yeah, and let's be honest, there's lower expectations this year. I mean, that's that's just the way it is. You lose a guy. Well, like, for, for some people. Over, well, we know. But nationally, uh, the the average pundit would say... The talking heads talking on heads, the four-letter network. Right, right. Expectations are, so they say, low for the Phoenix. Uh, we we here, we, we predict a Horizon League championship. But without a guy like Kiefer Sykes, he, you know, these guys, they're not in tune with the Phoenix like we are. Um. You know, some would say the Phoenix the past couple of years with the caliber of talent they had that they choked. There's no such thing as choking. The Phoenix don't choke. Let's let's get that straight. Fate intervened. Fate intervened. But enough about the past. We're here to focus on the future. And the future is now. So why don't we talk about some of the players on the team this year and the roles that they're going to be taking on. Perfect. The returning starters we have... Carrington Love, Jordan Faust, they're going to be two... First team All-Horizon, no doubt, both of them. Well, funny you should bring that up. In the preseason Horizon League coaches poll, Jordan Faust was the only player named to the first team All-Conference. Surely Carrington Love was on the second team. Mm, He was not. What? Well, they, they do another poll at the end of the year. They can correct their follies. I will guarantee right now... This is a Phoenix Fanatics guarantee. Ironclad. Ironclad. Jordan Faust and Carrington Love will both be first team Horizon League this year. Book it. 
Along those lines, Jordan Faust coming off three consecutive first-team all-defensive teams in the Horizon League. With this, this coming into his senior year, he has the chance to be the second player in Phoenix history to make the first-team all-defensive team in all four of his seasons. And don't be surprised if you see Jordan Faust eventually get an NBA shot down the line. It's entirely possible. Nay, entirely likely. So we have Love, we have Faust. A guy I'm intrigued about is junior college transfer Charles Cooper. Yeah, went to Kaskaskia College in Centralia, Illinois last season. Averaged 18.8 points per game. So, I mean, that's that's the number that jumps off the page at you right He's away. He's a scorer. And they're going to need that. I mean, With the loss of Sykes. When it came down to it, when the Phoenix needed a basket, they turned to Sykes last year. It's, yep. it's going to be a more balanced team this year, but you know, having a guy that can create a shot, and from all accounts, it seems like Cooper may be that guy this year for the Phoenix. Uh, but in addition to the large scoring number, he also averaged 4.3 boards a game, 2.5 dimes a game, and he shot particularly well for someone who took on such a large scoring load at over 55% a game last year. Now, again, it's a junior college transfer, so the game's going to be a little bit different, but you know you can't ignore the numbers. I would, I would argue this guy, you know, just from what I know about him, this guy will be... And this is another guarantee. Not this year, but he will eventually be a first-team All-Horizon player. Well, he is a junior, so he should probably do it quickly. Well, he's got his senior year. <laughs> so you've got Faust. You've got Carrington Love. You've got Cooper coming over, who you expect, expect to play some sort of a sizable role. You've got other returning pieces coming back. Who else do you think is going to step into a sizable role? Who's who's going to take on some of that load? Well, obviously, I think you have Kenneth Lowe. Right. Played about 20 minutes a game last year. Obviously, I, I, I think you're right. His role is probably going to increase this year. A guy who I'm intrigued about, honestly, is uh, Turner Botts. Uh, his playing time kind of diminished towards the end of the year last year, but in an up-tempo offense, I know the kid can shoot the three, and I think he'd be... A viable option. Well, and you know, being a little bit, he's he's six seven. He's a little bit taller for an outside player, so he can he can stretch the floor a little bit. And like he said, that ability to shoot the three that's that's going to be something that's valued in that offense. So I I, I agree. I think his role might be a little larger this year. Uh, you, you've got Kareem Cantor coming back, uh, probably one of their only. Big men coming down. I mean, he's the the Phoenix aren't blessed with a lot of size this year, but and Kareem you know Cantor, six nine, he's a sophomore. Uh, it, it always takes big men a little bit longer to develop, but I think he's someone who can come in, you know, grab a few rebounds, play solid defense. I I, I think he's a player who's going to contribute this year. I agree, and I honestly don't think with how this offense is is shaping up, you know, I don't think they're going to need a lot of size to be honest with you. It's it's the right conference to be in. You look across the Horizon League. There's there's not a bunch of teams that have dominant big men or, or large inside post presence. So I mean, I, I'm not going to say if you're going to get away with it because I, the Phoenix are going to have a plan on offense and the ability to execute that plan. Right. But it's I, they're in a good conference to have the style of of play that they're going to have. Right. And with that, we're going to throw it to a break. We'll be back in a few minutes after a few words from our sponsors. You're listening to the Phoenix Fanatics Basketball Podcast. 
Today's episode of Phoenix Fanatics is brought to you by FanKings.com. FanKings.com, your leader in quasi-legal daily fantasy sports gambling. Enter the special promo code Phoenix Fanatics Basketball Podcast 2015 for a special deposit bonus. That's FanKings.com, FanKings.com. All right, welcome back to the premiere episode of the Phoenix Fanatics Basketball Podcast. Go Phoenix. Go Phoenix. All right, what do you think? Should we go to the phones? Yeah, why don't we take a call? All right, we go now to Chet in Krivitz. Chet, welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey, uh, am I on? Yep, yeah, you're on. Go ahead, Chet. Can you guys hear me? Yep, we can, we can, we can hear you. All right, turn, turn your radio down. Hey, guys, first time, long time. Uh, great podcast, love it. Big Phoenix fan. Uh, I disagree. I was listening to your take on the banners, and I, I, I gotta say, I, I, I kind of disagree with it. Uh, any tournament, like a team that the Phoenix can go into, any tournament, they gotta hang a banner up. Don't you guys Why? agree? Why? Why? Yeah, Chad, I'm gonna have to agree with my co-host here. Why? Uh, a lot of those tournaments. How many NCAA tournament banners are up in the rest center right now? I, it, it's it's almost uh, with, with all due respect, Chet. I mean, it's almost. Wait, wait, wait! Hey, guys, guys, guys! Listen, I'm a Phoenix fanatic just like you. I say the more the merrier as far as banners up there. Chet, I agree. The more the merrier as far as NCAA tournament banners. Right at this point, you're just. I mean, I I don't want to take this in a negative direction, but. It, it's almost recognizing what you what you could have achieved the previous season. But what is so wrong with going to the CBI? What, I don't get it, guys. Well, what, I don't get it. First off, you you have to pay to go there. <laughs> that is true, Chet. That is true. It, it costs the university money. And if you don't even win a game, I I, I guess I guess I get it. I, and moving on, uh, how do you guys think the loss of that? Uh, you know that guy that played for the Phoenix last year, that point guard, that number 24? He's pretty good. How do you guys think the Phoenix are going to are gonna do after losing him? Uh, uh, Kiefer, Kiefer Sykes, are you referring to, Chet? Yeah, that number 24. The point guard? I think he, I think he played for the Cavs in the summer league. Uh, I think he would, might, might be with the Spurs now. Yeah, he, he caught on with the Spurs. He's recently Actually, assigned to... Their uh their D League affiliate yeah, team. Yeah, actually Chetty is with their D League team, Kiefer Sykes. Yeah, yeah, that guy, twenty four. How do you guys think they're gonna do without him? Well, I think it's gonna be it, it, it's not gonna be a situation where one guy at uh thanks, Chet. Uh, it, it's not gonna be a situation where one guy steps into that role or tries to be Kiefer Sykes this year. Yeah, you can't replace Kiefer Sykes. I mean it's it's gonna be a a combination of players taking away that's uh, taking away from that scoring. Uh, handling the ball, you're gonna you're gonna see a, a number of different people handle the ball. I think this year, and I think the Phoenix are well suited to that. They've got a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. I mean, Jordan Faust obviously comes to mind right there. Uh, he, he's a guy who can rebound well. He's got decent size. He plays solid defense. I, I think there's a number of players on this team that pass the ball well. And I think honestly, I you're gonna see uh, Carrington Love. I think is a star. And without Sykes on the team, you're going to see that this year. It's not going to take long to 
you know, for those players to rise up, there's going to be opportunities. I, I, I don't think there's anything, there's, there, there's going to be no, the, the ball is not going to be forced in any one direction. I mean, they're going to kind of go with the flow here, see what works, and build on that from game to game. Chet, do you have anything further? Yeah, just uh, one more question, guys. Uh, do you think the Phoenix, uh, you think they'll make the NCAA tournament this year? I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Bye. <laughs> All right, thanks, Chad. Appreciate the call as always. Um, the short answer is yes. I fully expect the well, Phoenix to win the NCAA. Of course, they're going to make it. They're going to make the tournament, and I will go so far as to say they will win a first round game. That's a lock. You know, there's there's always the chance. I there's there's a lot of great teams in this Horizon League this year. The conference is stacked. Let's be honest. But you know, the, the Phoenix will have that opportunity in the tournament. You know, unlike the last couple of years where they were the favored team, everybody looking to knock them off, I think they can be that team this year that comes in and, you know, maybe they beat a Velpo, maybe they beat a UW-Milwaukee, and they, I'm not going to say steal, but they find a way to get into the tournament for the first time since 96. Yep, I agree. And I, again, I, uh, they will win a, a first-round tournament game this year. That's, yeah. Again, thanks, Chad, for the call. All right, we welcome more of your phone calls. We can also be reached on Twitter at Phoenix underscore fans. That's fans, P-H-A-N-S. Of course. You can also feel free to send us an email or a voicemail to phoenixfans at gmail.com. Yeah, we do want to encourage fan participation in this podcast because we know, again, like us, you wouldn't be listening to this if you weren't a Phoenix fanatic. All right, so we touched on it a little bit earlier, but looking around to the rest of the competition in the Horizon League, this is going to be a very competitive league again this season. Green Bay, as we know, picked to finish sixth in the conference. I think that'll probably change. They'll move up a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a little low. I think I see them moving up to one first place. That's, That's what I see. You've got to <laughs> I appreciate your opinion, and I wholeheartedly agree. I think you've got a group of the top six, seven, eight teams. They're, they're really bunched up. I think any one of these teams could really come out and have a strong season. Now, according to the quote-unquote media pundits, that Valparaiso is picked to win the conference this year. And they, uh, let's be honest, they are loaded. They they had a great run at the end of last season. And they have pretty much everybody back, but it's nothing the Phoenix can't overcome. Also, you've got Oakland picked to finish second in the conference. You know, they bring back preseason conference player of the year, Khalil Fielder. The the Golden Grizzlies, are they're very excited to have him back. And, I, man, he was a fun player to watch last year. And Oakland will have to overcome the loss of Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, and Ricky Henderson. Possibly a different Oakland team, but we're looking into it. What? Oh, okay. My bad. Also in the mix of the Horizon League this year, you've got UW-Milwaukee, Detroit, picked to finish fourth. Detroit, the only other team outside of Valparaiso and Oakland to receive a first-place vote in the preseason poll. And the rest of the conference, you've got Wright State, predicted to finish fifth. The house that Orville and Wilbur built. Cleveland State. UIC in 7th, Youngstown State in ninth. 
I noticed that the Horizon League has a lot of states that don't exist. Youngstown, Cleveland, and Wright. Now I'm, you know, it's been a while since I've learned. I, I don't know. I thought there were only fifty states. I consider myself well traveled, and I've never been to any of these states. But I guess I digress again. Let's talk to the newest addition to the Horizon League, Kentucky. Pick, Am I reading that right? Pick Ken- to finish tenth. That was a little bit of a surprise. So Coach Cal and his Wildcats join the Horizon League. I consider that maybe a step back, maybe not, because we all know the Horizon League is the best conference in college basketball. I think actually, uh, um, uh, according to my notes, it says Northern Kentucky. That may not be the same program you're thinking of. Oh, oh, Northern Kentucky. Oh, my bad. Best of luck and welcome to the Horizon. I, we can, you can chalk that up as a sure win for the Phoenix as you can for the other 20-some-odd games. Exactly. And with that, we're going to throw it to a break. Coming up, we're going to take a look at CBS Sports. They did an analysis ranking college basketball teams 1 to 351. We'll point out some highlights there, as well as go through the Phoenix schedule, pointing out what games are going to be of note and what to keep an eye out for as the season progresses. You're listening to the Phoenix Fanatics Basketball Podcast. Go Phoenix! Today's episode of the Phoenix Fanatics podcast is brought to you by DraftDuel.com. That's DraftDuel.com. Don't be fooled by the imitators. DraftDuel.com is your undisputed leader in quasi-legal daily fantasy sports gambling. Please enter the promo code University of Wisconsin Green Bay Men's Basketball 2015 Horizon League Champs. That's University of Wisconsin Green Bay Men's Basketball 2015 Horizon League Champs, DraftDuel.com. All right, welcome back to the Phoenix Fanatics Basketball Podcast. So recently, CBSSports.com, they they did an interesting article. They took all 351 Division I basketball programs. Wait, 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 wait. All 351? That's correct. All 351 Division I basketball programs. This ought to be good. So, you know, taking a look, a, a, a few things stood out to me. Uh, first off, at number five, Virginia came in there, of course, coached by GB legend Tony Bennett. Miss you, Tony. Miss you every day. And he, he's always got that team ready to play. I, they're going to be in the conversation for a national title again. It's, you know, w- one day there's always the hope that Tony Bennett wants to come back to where it all started. That day's probably not today, but... Yeah, in I mean, the future, I I could definitely see Tony Bennett coming back. You, you, you never the, say never. You got the number twenty five hanging in the rafters. Never say never. Love you, Tony. So scrolling down a little bit, just to see where the Phoenix check in, one seventy eight, right in the meaty part of the of the list. So one seventy eight out of three fifty one. Okay. I mean, I think we can both agree we'd have them a little higher than that if we were doing the rankings. Look, you you take, I I fully agree, you take an NBA player off of a roster, you're going to go down. There's going to be some challenges the following season. True. I still think I'd have the Phoenix in the top five. But that's just me. I mean, 
somewhere in there. I I think we both have very high expectations for the Phoenix and deservedly right. so. Right. So one seventy eight, that right right in the middle of the pack. So why don't we why don't we see what teams are around the Phoenix? Checking in at 177, you've got George Mason. Yeah, Final Four team, just former a, Final Four team. Just a few years ago, I I don't think that's terrible company to be in. No, no. Let's look to see who's who's who do we have below the Phoenix. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What's this? We're coming in at 183. Toledo. And who is Toledo's coach? That would be former Phoenix coach Todd Kowalczyk. So he left the Phoenix after years... And years and years of mediocrity, only to go to Toledo, and he's really, according to these rankings, still not much better off. (laughs) Well, uh, Coach K has had a a difficult set of circumstances to deal with. He really had to rebuild that program from the ground up. Coach K? Yeah, Coach K. No, 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 no. Beep, beep, beep. Back it up. There's only one Coach K. And he coaches Duke. Oh, Shishesky? Yes. That doesn't sound like a K to me. Good point. Anyway, I mean, Kowalcatch. I believe you mean Kowalczyk. We've <laughs> already forgotten his name. <laughs> he, he wasn't dealt the strong hand. I, they won single-digit games the, the previous year before he had gotten there. They were it's, dealing with a number of issues. It seems to me you're sticking up an awful lot for this guy. I I my, respect my, what he did for my, the Phoenix program. My point was he's below the Phoenix. He left UWGB, and he's no better off. The Phoenix haven't had a ton of success nationally within the, the last few seasons, and I feel like he played a key role in building the groundwork for what we've seen the last couple of years. Those, you know, those 20-win seasons in 2013 and 2014. I, I, Coach oh, Kowalczyk had a lot to do with that. I get it. So, yeah, you know what? In retrospect and thinking about it, all those 15 and 15 seasons, you're right. They, they did lead to those 24 and 8 seasons. You're right. You're right. But enough about Kowalczyk. He's old news. Let's, where, didn't some other coach leave, leave the Phoenix last year? Uh, well, Coach Wardle, he, he moved on to Bradley University. The Bradley Braves. Allegedly. Where are they on this list? Scroll, 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 scroll. Still scroll, Still scrolling. Uh, Bradley coming in at 321. So, all right, if we're going to argue that Kowalczyk, all right, he, he took on a tough task at Toledo. He left his his. Probably Wardle is welcome at Green Bay. Whereas Wardle, he knew he lost Kiefer Sykes, he lost Alec Brown. So really he got the hell out of Dodge. And he went to Bradley? According to the article, it says they have one of the youngest rosters in the country. So I I don't know if he's trying to to help rebuild that program. Maybe there's something he saw there. Personally, I would have stayed in Green Bay. I think the future's a lot brighter here. Uh, I, but best of luck to Coach Wardle. I agree. I, I, I don't understand the move from Green Bay to Bradley, in all honesty. That seems like less than a lateral move. But, hey, maybe come 
10, 15 years from now, the Bradley Braves will make the NCAA tournament. Enough about the Brian Wardle talk. Let's look at some other teams that the Phoenix are ranked ahead of. I mean, you see, you've got Florida Gulf Coast University coming in at 188, Dunk ah, City. The esteemed Dunk City, a Sweet 16 team a few years ago. Supposedly a program on the rise. Phoenix ranked ahead of them. You've got Nevada at 198. Alma mater of Colin Kaepernick, terrible NFL quarterback. Down at 202, you've got the Pacific Tigers, who are looming on the Phoenix schedule this year. Loyola Marymount, another former NCAA tournament team. I mean, there's there's a number of interesting teams on here that appear in the NCAAs every few years or so. You've got UNC Asheville, uh, teams like Moorhead State. Mercer, knocked off Duke a couple years ago. Drexel. The Drexel Dragons. So in this, you know, the, the position right in the middle of the pack, that's, that's nowhere the Phoenix to be ashamed of. There's also a lot of teams on here I've never heard of. Bryant. Gardner-Webb. Air Force. Just kidding. Southern Miss. Ah, the alma mater of former New York Jets and Minnesota Viking quarterback Brett Favre. <laughs> and the list goes on and on, down to coming in at Mr. Irrelevant, number 351, Grambling State. Best of luck this season. All right, so a little closer to home, we're going we're gonna to take a look at the Phoenix schedule, if see what they got this year. If I could chime in for a second. Now, for those of, you, those of you expecting us to go through the schedule and do win, 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 loss, loss. What, like, what, like, like, first two losses? Well, I mean, we obviously know that would never happen. But, you know, this isn't local hack talk radio, and this isn't that football team that's in Green Bay. We're covering the real sports team in Green Bay, the UWGB Phoenix. We're not going to bore you with a win-win-win going down the schedule. We're just going to do a quick overview. So, you know, the, the season kicks off October 31st, Halloween afternoon. They've got UW Stout coming into the Rush Center for an exhibition game. And they should be very afraid. <laughs> that they should. <laughs> so they get that exhibition game with Stout out of the way. Then, kind of a tough early portion of the schedule for the Phoenix. Credit, credit for stepping up with your non-conference yeah, the schedule. Phoenix, they don't play cupcakes. We got Stanford, East Tennessee State, and Georgia Tech. All road games. All formidable teams. It should be noted that East Tennessee State game is part of ESPN's college basketball tip-off marathon that will be on ESPN2 at 5 a.m. So I know, much like us, all of you Phoenix fanatics will be up early that day, November 17th, watching the Phoenix take on East Tennessee State on national television. Wish that was a home game. That'd be a fun one. You know, you, you get a big student crowd. A lot of people, I think, are going to be excited for a game like that. I would love for that game to be at the Rush Center. Hopefully in the future they do this tip-off thing at the Rush. So after that early season road trip, the Phoenix do come back to the Rush. They should be 3-0 and at this point. They should be 3-0. and They face Minnesota, Duluth, and Akron. Which, again... No competition. We should point out for all you Phoenix fans out there that November 22nd at the Resh, it is Pomp's Tire Schedule Magnet Night. Oh, that'll be nice for the fans. And if you come out November 24th against Akron, 
Not that you need any incentive to come out and watch the Phoenix play Akron, but it is Pepsi Cooler Night at the Resh. So going through the rest of the schedule, and we'll kind of move it along here, some some key games I want to point out here. Obviously, Sunday, December 6th, Toledo with the aforementioned Todd Kowalczyk comes to the rest center. And I know you've, you've kind of stated you... I got the impression you're a Todd Kowalczyk fan. I just, I, I think he did a lot of things for the program. I, he, he left him in a good place when he moved on to Toledo. And I think some of the success the Phoenix have enjoyed over the last couple of years is doing a large part to Kowalczyk's efforts. The king of mediocrity. I fully expect the Phoenix to dominate that game. Me too. Then, December 20th, this is kind of an intriguing matchup. I kind of... You know, we're a couple months into the season. The Phoenix face national powerhouse UW Superior. Is that game on ESPN3? I see a number of them are. It is on ESPN3. UW Superior, December 20th. Kind of right before the Horizon League schedule starts. I, I think that'll be a good tune-up. Obviously, UW Superior, a nationally known team. Just before Christmas break. I mean, I know a tough game to end that period. I think they've won 37 Division Three national championships. Somewhere in that range. Yep, big power, big test. And obviously we're kidding. I expect UWGB to win this game 100-37. to So moving on from that, big road game, December 23rd. Merry Christmas to the Badgers. Uh, UWGB will hand them a defeat. Right in time for Christmas. Well, the the Badgers probably going to be down a little bit from where they were last year. Had a couple of NBA players on that team, no longer with the program. And this this may be a prime opportunity for the Phoenix to jump up and bite their big brother in the state. Yep, mark my words, the Phoenix will win this game, guaranteed. And another intriguing matchup right after the new year, Kentucky comes to the rest center. It. Again, not sure it's the same Kentucky. Oh, oh. We're looking into it. Possibly this could be some other Kentucky. They do seem to say Northern. I I don't know exactly what city Calipari's team is located in. Again, we'll we'll figure that out. We'll bring that to you in a later podcast. And honestly, I don't know. I don't care if it's Kentucky, Northern Kentucky, Western Kentucky, Eastern Kentucky, or Southern Kentucky. The Phoenix beats them all. So that Northern Kentucky game does start off the Horizon League season for the Phoenix. And, you know, I don't really think we need to go any further. We all agree, I believe, that the Phoenix will go undefeated in the Horizon League. No arguments for me. So then that leads us to the Horizon League tournament in Detroit starting March 5th, where we fully expect the Phoenix to win the tournament, secure a bid to the NCAA tournament, where they will probably be an eight seed. All right, and that concludes our wrap-up of the Phoenix schedule this season. And this leads us to the conclusion of this episode of the Phoenix Fanatics podcast. We thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed the show. We ask that you please rate and review the podcast. We ask that you tell your friends about the show if you enjoyed it. Uh, Remember, we're always looking for phone calls. We can also be reached on Twitter at Phoenix underscore fans. That's P-H-A-N-S. And you can also send in a voicemail or send us an email at phoenixfans at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening, Phoenix Fanatics. Until next time. See ya.